following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show, episode 252. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays channel, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, and I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. Or Twitter X from the mean streets of Long Island. Yeah, do we even say Twitter anymore? So weird. X, Twitter. What do we even say? What do we even call it anymore? The platform formerly Twitter. The toxic platform. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> What's up, bro? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. We were just having a conversation uh, before we hit recording about a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, I'm in a good place, man. Um, and looking forward to the future. What's going on with you? Good, good, good to hear that. Uh, yeah, me too, man. Just trying to, uh, you know, every day is going by faster and faster than the other, and the weeks are flying by. I can't believe we're in November. Thanksgiving's coming up, holiday season. Um, you know, ending the year strong. So yeah, I'm not much to complain about on my end either. It's fucking insane how quick this year has gone by. Oh my Dude, God! Yeah, I mean, it's I I really like I have a hard time like coming to grips with that i mean you know like it was not it was literally the first episode of the new year i was in studio back in january mm-hmm. and uh i don't know man like does that feel like i don't i can't i can't tell if it feels too far away like it it shouldn't have happened this year or like it feels like yesterday like i don't know like it's so, time is just such a like a weird thing right now well i'll take it a step further right so last weekend i was in boston right and i was telling you about my boston trip but like I still remember when we went to Boston for Survivor Series, yeah. and that felt like I still remember everything about like that weekend. Now, granted, there was a lot of shenanigans though, you know, trying to get to fucking Boston, and then but Survivor Series was such a great pay per view. But like, I still remember all of that to the fucking T. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, especially you know they just announced the Survivor Series War Games coming up at the end of this month too. So like, it immediately made me, uh, you know, think about that too. Like, oh god, our driving experience on Thanksgiving weekend. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I know like that, that uh, alone too, like that feels like it wasn't too far away. Like, like that feels like that could have been this year, you know, like, <laughs> that felt like, so... that felt like it happened like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. All right, let's get into the wrestling. Cause there's a lot to catch up on. And I feel like this is going to be one of those episodes for better, or for worse. We might talk about almost every major promotion. Okay. Cause a lot has been going on in the wrestling world, but before we get started, 
I haven't done this in a very long time. Probably since, probably since post All Out was the last time I did a, we did a live show with Leo and I drank a Red Bull on air. So it's hashtag, we're still not sponsored by them. Rebel time. Because lately we've been doing shows, you know, podcast version, but I've been either sipping on some water or sipping on a seltzer and we've been recording at night. So I'm not going to yeah. drink a Red Bull at night. Yeah, yeah, I know it's crazy. Our schedule has been nuts. We haven't done a live uh, Facebook show in so long, but hey, it's coming, people. It's coming. Leo's fine. It's coming. Don't worry. Yeah, it's coming. Don't worry. We got some plans. Yeah. Okay, here's a question, Ryan. Did you watch Crown Jewel, aka Money in the Sand 10? I I didn't sit there and watch the entire show from start to finish. Had some things going on. Sometimes okay. these shows in the afternoons. Um, are pretty tough, uh, you know, on a, especially on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. But I did see, obviously, all the results. And uh, I watched the first hour and a half live. Um, so I saw a couple of uh, things that went down. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was a great show. Um, and, listen, these these Saudi shows, man, I mean, you know, whether you want to support them or not, I mean, I'm at the point now where it's just like whatever, you know, like they're doing them. So yeah. it is what it is. I'm going to watch it. Um, you know, the, the card, I think it only had like seven matches on the card. And every match – I, every very match was built really well and, and felt important. And, um, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, like, I, I'm going to go back and watch a couple of things that I missed and that I want to, like, key in on probably later on. Yeah. Um, but overall, man, yeah, I thought I thought from what I saw, it was really, really good. Yeah, I thought the, the show overall was really, really good. And, yeah, back to the Saudi shows. Listen, these Saudi shows are delivering, especially now that Triple H is, like, full control of creative. They they fly by, they don't drag, and, you know, they try to build it sometimes, like, especially on commentary, right? Like, oh, this is, like, you know, one of the grandest stages, you know, it's WrestleMania-esque. But, you know, how they build it, like, especially visually, it kind of does feel like a WrestleMania Jace, you know? Like, I can't, you know, necessarily knock them using them terms, especially if the matches are delivering, especially in this version of of the saudi shows that we've been getting with triple h like fully in charge yeah yeah and and i also saw a tweet um the other day too where it's like saudi pays wwe like 50 million uh to run just one of these shows like it's, it's not even like you know how they do two a year for only one show they pay that much money and like in the tweet it also said like that's equivalent to like three wrestlemanias or something like that like that's insane to pay for one event, you know, um, like one seven match card. Yep. So listen, like no wonder why they go crazy about it. No wonder why they call it WrestleMania-esque. I mean, rightfully so. Listen, if you're getting paid that much money, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I understand it's Saudi and, you know, I don't really have any sympathy for any of them over there or how their government works or anything like that. But 100%. listen, like you have to give somebody, you know, their money's worth if they're paying that much, you know, so – yeah, I don't mind that. And yeah, I mean, look, the 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 entrance, the the whole stadium, it just it it's basically like a WrestleMania like. So it's, there's no denying it. The presentation is unbelievable. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So it was a uh, it was eight matches including the the pre-show match which was Sammy yeah. versus uh, JD McDonough, which is JD even part of the Judgment Day that I, every time I see him and and this is no disrespect to him cuz he's a really good wrestler, but every time I see him I just get Disco Inferno Wolfpack ninety nine vibes because that's like his yeah. position now. Like he's just the he's just the Joe Bear for the Judgment Day. Like we need him to take a pin, send him out there. Yeah, listen, I, I'm a I'm a sucker for long term storytelling, right? Like mm -hmm. I you know I like a slow burn, but it just seems like there's been no progression. Like he, 
in the beginning, he teased coming in, and then, you know, Finn Balor teased him coming in, and, and then, you know, obviously him helping the Judgment Day win these matches uh, the past few months, you think, okay, he's going to become an official member. It hasn't happened yet, and he— Damien Priest hates with, him. <laughs> yeah, right. They still hate each other. He does—he did come out with Rhea and Dom that, yes. one, that one time. Yes. Um, and, like, yeah, like, they're, they're basically telling him, oh, take care of Sammy, take care of his— So it's like they're basically ordering him around like he is a part of the group. So, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is so confusing, and, I mean, I, I would like to get some sort of answer whether he's in or out. I mean, I, I don't know when they're going to, you know, come to a resolution, I guess, or, or an end of this. Like, uh, you know, is he in or is he out? But who knows, man? I don't know. He's It's a weird spot. Yeah, it really is. It's him. To me, it's Seth Rollins and another wrestler I want to talk about later on an episode that, that got to be wrestler of the year. They just... They just don't miss, man. And this match with Drew was fantastic. I love the Saudi crowds because they're just there to have a great time. And a good portion of the Saudi Arabia crowd wanted Drew McIntyre to go over. It wasn't just full Seth Rollins support. They were showing love for Drew McIntyre. And that makes me happy, too, because, you know, if you look at Drew McIntyre's, like, run to, like, become, like, a main event star that he is today, right? He got dealt a rough hand with the whole pandemic stuff and him being champion throughout the pandemic, no crowds. Yes. There was the Thunderdome era and stuff, but like he really deserved to get another run with the title with fans back. And he never got that. So he really got dealt a terrible hand and I feel, and I feel for him. So we still don't know what's his contract status. He still hasn't signed a new deal with WWE. We don't know what's the future for Drew McIntyre. I don't see him retiring, but I do, I am happy even with defeat. He really got like that strong ovation from the Saudi Arabia crowd, and it wasn't just fully Seth Rollins support, you know. Yeah, I was pretty surprised about that fan reaction, to be honest. Um, but hey, listen, I guess that that shows that they've done a good job building him up. I mean, the the hype video and like the video package before the match was very, very good. Where he was talking about how you know his biggest moment of his career happened when. People, you know, were obviously locked in their houses and it was like the terrible time in the world and it should have been the happiest time for him and all that stuff. And he never got, you know, the title back in front of fans and all that stuff. And quite honestly, I don't know when he ever will get that again, yeah. if he ever will get that moment again, mm -hmm. which is kind of sad and unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but, you know, honestly, like in this match, they had me a couple of times. Where they I did, bro. I was rooting for Drew. You know, I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah, I was rooting yeah. for Drew. Yeah, honestly, I mean, listen, I, these two guys are fantastic. So yes. freaking good. Um, obviously, Seth Rollins just on a in a league of his own. He's yes. uh, it's just so crazy. Like, I feel like we take him for granted because he's been around for so long now. Yeah. He's been in so many matches here and there, and he's always been on the top of the card. But man, oh man, like you said, he just does not miss. Uh, Drew McIntyre as well, just absolutely fantastic, and so many great spots, so many near falls. I mean, I dude, I loved the Phoenix Splash spot where Love he that. misses Drew right into the Claymore. Oh, loved it. Dude, a thing of beauty, man. I love that. I thought that was it right there, to be honest. I did too. Uh, <laughs> they had me. They had yeah. me. It was so good. It was such a great way to kick off the show. And like I said before, I didn't really get to watch the entire show, but I sat down right when, when it went on the air at 1 p.m. And, um, you know, I was really happy to see that that was the opening match because I did not want to miss that. And it seems like it was the best match on the card. So, 1, yeah, it's just just uh, really, really good. And and listen, at this point, it's probably going to be Seth uh, bringing the title into WrestleMania. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm fine with that. They teased another Damian Priest cash in. That's another thing, too. It's like 
who knows when this guy's cashing in this briefcase, right? Like, I just don't see an opportunity in the near future where this guy's going to, you know, cash in. I really don't. But, but this that necessarily isn't a bad thing because I'd, yeah, rather no, him hold sure. the, I'd rather him hold the briefcase if we don't necessarily when we're going to pull the trigger so he can hold it like a title and he could defend it somewhere down the line. And who knows? Maybe that's the reason why we cause a, a breakup in the Judgment Day or maybe that's the reason he leaves the Judgment Day because of that goddamn briefcase, right? So if you don't necessarily have like a, a, a plan for Priest and that briefcase yet, let him hold that briefcase and let him defend it like a title. I have a really bad feeling that, and I, listen, I don't mean to put this into the uh, oh, no. existence. Here but we go. I have a feeling, just, just because of the way everything went, you know, has been going down. Oh, no. These guys have been feuding for <laughs> what feels like, you know, three years now. Um, we're going to finally have Cody finishing the story at WrestleMania, beating Roman Reigns, and here comes Damian Priest to take it away from him in seconds, like a Daniel Bryan uh, esque after. Uh, beating John Cena, SummerSlam 2013. Damn. Triple H turns on Brian. Randy Orton no! comes to cash in. I could see that happening. I do not want that to happen. But, um, yeah, listen, at this point, I agree with you. Let him hold it for as long as possible. Yeah. But I don't think they need to tease it every single time like this. I just feel like it's just beating a dead horse. And it's it's almost getting to the point where it's like, well, when he does come down and officially do it, nobody's going to – I guess it's a good thing. Nobody's going to take it serious because nobody's going to think he actually does cash in. And then maybe if he actually does, you know, it'll shock everybody. Um, but I just feel like it's kind of getting like, all right, enough is enough. Maybe like have him not keep coming out with this and just holding the briefcase. And I don't know. I just feel like they're they're overdoing it with the with the teases. But you know what would be a really cool idea? The, the money in the bank has always been like you could cash in whenever you want for a full year for any world title, right? I would like them to tease a story or maybe even accomplish with it. Who knows where it's like, it's getting close to a year and Damien, cause he's the, the, the briefcase holder. He still hasn't cashed in. So they start teasing the story or they, or, you know, like the GM, right? Pierce starts telling priest. He's like, you know, your year's about to come up. And if you don't cash in on any of the world titles, you're going to have to defend that briefcase in a ladder match at money, in the bank. Ooh, I like that. Like let's let's add some twists. If we don't have like some something here, right? Because I rather I rather see someone hold the briefcase than someone just cash in and fail cashing in. Especially like yeah. what they did with Austin Austin Theory cashing in on the United States title like a fucking moron. Like it yeah, has to be a yeah. world title. Yes, yeah, you cannot do that again. Yeah, listen, Triple H has got you know until when was money in the bank july so he's got like until next july to figure out what the hell to do with damian priest i think he's capable of coming up with some sort of plan but i do like that idea of like you know hey listen we're coming up on a year and like you know it's like almost like what they're what they did with cm punk with his right. contract up in the summer of punk and what looks like they may do with mjf coming up so mm -hmm. um i like that a lot man and just adds for it makes for good tv yeah and, it really does intriguing stuff it, and listen, if, if we're talking about that right now, I don't even know what the hell they would even do. Like, I have no idea, like, how they would even do that. So I would be even more intrigued. Because in theory, the Money in the Bank briefcase is kind of a title, if you think about it. Yeah, it's basic. Yeah, right. And it, it's a title. Like, yeah, it's like a placeholder title until yeah. you actually get the real one. Let's mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah, yeah so I, I would like them to tease that. And who, who's to say? Maybe Triple H has that in mind. I don't know. But, like, if you don't have, like, some concrete plans for Damian Priest, Yo, let, let him rock with the briefcase. I'd rather see that than fucking him cash in and fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So let me so let me ask you then, do you think because, you know, obviously we saw L.A. Knight get the at the world title match against Roman Reigns. I mean, this probably would have hurt him, but, you know, going back to Money in the Bank in this past summer, he was the top choice to win that briefcase. Would it have made more sense for him to just win and then use this cash-in on Roman at this um, at this event? And then obviously wasn't going to win, but, I mean, you know, it, I mean, he got the match anyway, so I guess it really doesn't matter. But right. um, I wonder if, like, well, I, they over, going back to, like, you know, I wonder if, like, Triple H and the creatives, like, overthinking now, like, oh, wow, we don't know what to do with Damien, but we, you know, we could have, Screw it on LA Knight and then had him cash in. Obviously, he lose, but that's how he got the title match. Uh, you know, in theory, know. it would have made more sense for LA Knight to win. But you know, now I'm 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 kind of glad because I was gonna wait until like to cover through all these matches. But since you're bringing up Roman LA Knight, we'll do it. We'll do it now. Leading up to Crown Jewel, man, LA Knight got within the last couple weeks when this match got announced. I feel like LA Knight got even more elevated than he already was. He was already hot, but yeah, man, yeah. this Roman program, I ain't gonna lie to you. It started making me believe, like, maybe LA Knight should be the guy to defeat Roman. <laughs> Listen, it, it just felt right. He feels like he belongs when he's sitting across Roman Reigns. This is one of the very few times, the only two other people I can think of is, like, Brock and Cody Rhodes. This is one of the very few, and maybe Seth Rollins, too, when Seth Rollins uh, fought Roman at, at that one year at the Rumble, where Roman felt like he had to be fighting underneath a little bit. And I'm not talking about match-wise. I'm talking about, like, those promos where, man, LA Knight just feels like he belongs. And, listen, the match was what it was. Was it was it a five-star classic? Absolutely not. Was it Roman's best match? No. But I do feel like it was one of LA Knight's best matches. And another thing that, that I wanted to point out about LA Knight, his wrestling style is like a hybrid between, like, The Miz and John Cena. Like, that's, yep. like, his wrestling style. Um, it's nothing, you know, so, you know, flashy or anything like that, but it gets the job done and it gets a reaction from the crowd and Ellie and I kicked out of a spear. Not many people kick out of the Roman Reigns spear. Okay. That's very telling right there. So even with defeat, LA Knight got elevated. I do feel like the road that LA Knight's going to be on going into next year is probably like a Logan Paul LA Knight program, whether that happens at the Rumble, whether that happens at WrestleMania, I'm not sure. But I feel like that's going to be the first, I guess, like brass ring that LA Knight gets. But it'll be robbery if within the next two years, LA Knight does not become world champion. I, I think he, he, he definitely needs to be a world champion. Like, there's just no... That you can't let that be a missed opportunity or of a what if, because LA Knight is red fucking hot, man. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's hard to argue that. I mean, I'm li I'll be the first to admit <clears throat> that I'm not the biggest LA Knight guy. I'm not, I'm not, you know, fully on the bandwagon. I mean, listen, I always respect the hell out of a guy who's gonna get himself over organically. I mean, come on, like that's just that's that's hard to do, okay? Like to get the fans behind you and that invested in only a year's time that he's been on the main roster too. It's it's pretty incredible. Yep. Um, you know, he's not the world's greatest wrestler, but it's okay because he has the talking yes. uh, aspect to him. Like he could talk, so I can cover up his his wrestling. Uh, but I, I listen, like I said, it's hard to argue that, especially if he continues to stay as hot as he is right now. Um, I think, you know, obviously the point of this match with Roman was to elevate him like you said and and hopefully have him come out looking better than, you know, he was going into it. And I think mission accomplished. Yes. Um, and, yeah, listen, I think the U.S. title match against Logan Paul is a really, really big possibility. Like you said, whether it happens at the Rumble, Mania, wherever. Um, 
have him win the U.S. title. That would be huge. Have him hold that for a little bit. And then, yeah, listen, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm his biggest fan, but I would not I would not have a problem if he became world champion somewhere in the next year or two. Because, again, I feel like this guy, like I said, he's over with the crowd. And uh, really, I mean, that's – well, being over with the crowd is the most important thing. Yeah. And he is. And uh, he, he calls himself the megastar, but – he is one of WWE's top stars, whether people want to agree with it or not. Like I said, you don't have to be the biggest fan of the guy, but you just can't deny it or argue it. Everyone loves him, too. It doesn't matter. Kids, women, man. I saw a yeah. video that WWE posted where he's, you know, when they go to these other countries or whatever, you know, Saudi Arabia, whatever it is, they do a lot of, like, charity work, too, right? So I believe it was, like, Ellie Knight, Drew McIntyre, Bailey, and I want to say Bianca Belair. They were doing, like, a lot of charity stuff and, like, seeing kids and stuff. There's this one interaction that Ellie and I had with with a kid. Kid must have been like maybe five, six years old, give or take, right? He was so happy to see Ellie and I. And he was tell, telling Ellie and I, I want you to come to my house. I want you to come over to my house. And I see shit like that. And it's like, yo, this it, that's a connection, bro. That's a fucking connection. You're having a connection with a kid, right? That shit like you see John Cena do shit like that, right? Now you're seeing a guy like Ellie and I having that same connection, right? Dude, the, the guy's over, man. The guy's super over. Is he the world's greatest wrestler? Absolutely not. But that connection he has with the crowd, the second you just hear the L.A. Knight from his theme, instant pop from the crowd, bro. It's huge. Yeah, there's literally no denying it. I mean, I, you know, his merch sales are, yep. are probably through the roof, too. And like I said, that's really what matters to WWE. I mean, rightfully so. Listen, if, if a guy like that is going to be drawing in all the money, you know, again, that's 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 what you want. So, yeah, listen, I'm really curious to see what they do with him moving forward, but he really held his own against Roman on he the did. mic uh, these past few weeks on SmackDown. And, and that, again, this was the big test for him. I mean, listen, they throw him in, see if he can sink or swim. Obviously, this guy is no rookie. He's been around yeah. the block and back, um, but, like, he's never been put into this top position before in a major company like WWE. So, hey, listen, mission accomplished, and we'll see what they could do to maintain his momentum. And and, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think the U.S. title, that's that's on the horizon. I think him versus Logan Paul could potentially be one of the biggest U.S. title matches. <laughs> yeah, man. Seen. I'm not going to say ever because I don't, I, you know, I, I have to go back and think about all the right, U.S. Right, title right, matches. Right. Yeah. Definitely in the past few years, though. I mean, that would be the biggest title match for a mid-card championship we have seen in a long time. So Listen, and that's a great transition because we can talk about Logan Paul, Rey Mysterio. Listen, the match was great. Uh, Logan Paul once again proves that – he belongs in a wrestling ring. You know, people hate him. People dislike him. I get, I understand all that. I understand why people don't like him. I understand that some of his past stuff, past antics are not the best, right? I understand all that. But what's undeniable is how gifted he is in the ring. Listen, you got to respect his work ethic, man, because he's, he just doesn't do the wrestling stuff. He does the podcasting stuff. He does the YouTube stuff. He does boxing. Like, this guy has a great work ethic. He cut a promo after he won the United States title, and they got posted on WWE um, social media saying, like, I hear a lot of y'all saying, like, oh, I'm getting handed everything, blah, blah, blah. But listen, I do more in 12 hours than you guys do in 12 months. And listen, I, I got to agree with that. Listen, I understand why people don't like him, but the guy has an incredible work ethic, and he has respect for the business. I believe in WWE with their reasons putting this United States championship on Logan Paul, this is not only going to elevate that title because he's going to be showcasing all over the place, whether it's when he's doing the podcast, whether he does like another boxing um, event or whatever, he's going to 
rock that title. He's going to take that title wherever else he wants to go with it. He's going to take that title with him. He's going to not only represent that he's a champion, but he's also going to be representing WWE, and that's what WWE wants. You got to understand, we got to remove like the wrestling aspect of all this, right? And I understand, Ryan, you know that, but a lot of these peckerheads don't. This is bigger than just wrestling. WWE wants to be Disney World, and putting the title on a guy like Logan Paul takes it one step closer to that. So I understand that fully. I have no problem with Logan Paul defeating Rey Mysterio. The match was great. And Rey Mysterio doesn't need the United States title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, he didn't do anything with it. Didn't. He really didn't. He really barely defended it. Um, there was a good, like, you know, I guess, like, oh, here you go, Ray. Like, a little reward, obviously, for still kicking ass in today's mm -hmm. day and age. Um, I really honestly think Santos Escobar probably should have been holding his belt up until 1, here. but. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with that, but it's a whole other subject. Yep. But yeah, listen, like, obviously, as soon as this match was, was announced, we all knew Logan Paul was winning, right? I mean, come on, it's pretty obvious. You put the belt on a guy like him, instantly eyeballs everywhere. He's going to take that everywhere and promote the hell out of it, you know, with the drink prime thing and, and everything. I mean, the U.S. title, the WWE logo, that's going to be everywhere. And, and, you know, Logan Paul brings an audience to the 1, WWE. So. Um, this was a no-brainer move, and listen, he's just incredible. I mean, my goodness, he is so freaking good. It's it, It's just he's unbelievable. Really like, like in only he's only had eight matches, and he already like just knows all these little, little nuances, right? Like even something so simple as like Ray going for the springboard and nearly fucking uh, excuse my language, but falling on his neck mm -hmm. uh, and and breaking potentially breaking his neck. Logan Paul sensed that. Yes. And caught him and pretty, basically saved his life. I mean, did, the man. fact that a guy like that can sense these things at such an early stage in his career is is nuts. You know, like it's crazy how good he is. He's really good, man. Think about it. A year ago, this guy gave Roman Reigns one one of one of Roman Reigns' best matches in his whole title run was with Logan Paul. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was one year ago at this event. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's crazy, man, what he's accomplished in just such a short amount of time. One thousand percent. All right, let's uh, let's see, let's skim through some a couple other of these. All right, so Rhea Ripley defending uh the World Women's Championship in a five way against Nia Jax, Raquel, Shayna, and Zoe Stark. Listen, I really had no. Um, I knew Rhea was going to retain, but I really had no expectations for this match. Right. With that being said, I will say I think all five women busted their ass in this match, and the match was fine. There's this one spot that I was like, holy shit. Zoe did like a springboard to the outside. Not only did she knock out all her competitors, but she also knocked out the cameraman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the cameraman, like, I didn't understand. I didn't know at first he was he fell. I saw that <laughs> shot. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell is this camera shot? But it, it was a dope shot, though. Cool, though. It was a dope shot, though. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. So it's like you could have fooled me that he actually, you know, he <laughs> fell down and accidentally did that. But, yeah, that was a cool shot. Yeah, oh. listen, as far as as far as this match goes, uh, it was it was oh it was whatever. Mm -hmm. The one thing this match told me is that Rhea Ripley should go on a Roman run with this with this women's world championship. Yeah. She yeah. is just obviously miles ahead of all these other women. Oh, like, yeah. I just feel like nobody else can compete. And what a ridiculous, ridiculous ending to the match. I mean, Raquel literally is looking up at Rhea, holding Zoe. Getting ready to do, uh, you know, her yeah. finisher, yeah. and she's literally looking at her and going for the pin right underneath her, where she's potentially gonna be, you know, dropped on. Like I just don't like. I thought the finish was so 
stupid. Like, it, it, at least make Raquel not realize Rhea's on the top rope, yeah. about to jump and throw another woman on top of you. Like, so stupid just looking at her the entire time, waiting for, for the move to happen. I just, I thought the finish was so utterly ridiculous. But, yeah, listen, Rhea uh, has no competition. None whatsoever. She really doesn't. She's beaten every woman on the on the Raw roster pretty much. So where does she go now from here? It's got to be Becky and fucking Rhea at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, undoubtedly, it's got to be that. And here's a hot take. I wouldn't mind seeing Rhea retaining and let her go on the run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Becky no, doesn't. Absolutely. Listen, would it be? Would I be upset if Becky beats Rhea? No, I wouldn't. But I think Rhea should retain, man. I think Rhea should just go on a, on a run. Why not? A Roman-esque run, man. I'm telling you, unless until they have some women that, you know, they could potentially take this belt off of her. I, and she's a freaking superstar. Her entrance alone was unbelievable. 1,000%. Like, I mean, there's no reason to pull it off of her for anybody else. And listen, Becky, I love Becky. She just had a great reign with NXT Women's title. She's great as a champion. But let's be real. I mean, do we need another Becky Lynch, uh, you know, title run? No, we don't. This soon. I, I just feel like keep it on Rhea. That's just my opinion. Also, also, Rhea's another one that's, like, such a superstar because not only do women love her, men love her, obviously. And then kids love her, too. So. She's like another one that's like, and she's young. So, man, you could, this run that Rhea's on and just like her popularity and stuff, like, we're, we're still like at the, at the, like the starting point of it. Like, she, cause she's very young. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, like I said, for years to come, she's going to be, you know, at the top of the, at the top of the card. So, again, keep her there. Keep her there for the time being, unless, you know, you have somebody to knock her down. And right now, I don't see anybody that, that can. So, all right, uh, Sol Sakota uh, defeated John Cena. Man, this was, <laughs> I don't want to say a squash, but yo, Solo ran through Cena in this match. Listen, and and Cena's doing the job, right? He, he's just putting people over, right? Someone like Sol Sakoa, like, he gets a win over John Cena. That means something, right? At the same time, couldn't I, I seen Cena get a, you know, pick up a win? Yeah, yeah. Does he need it? No, but. What's next for Cena? Do he does he ride off to to the sunset until we see him somewhere down the line, maybe next year? Like, what's next for Cena? I don't I don't see him sticking around at at this point. Like, what's next for him? I, unless he's part of the survive uh, the the War Games match, which I doubt. But what's next for Cena, man? Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, uh, you know, I I haven't really been following, but I think the strike, the Hollywood strike, is uh, either over or coming to an end. Yep. Um, so he may be finishing up this, this run. Yeah. No, I don't think he's retiring no, just no, yet. No, no, no. Um, you know, I know they made a team like that. Of course, they're going to keep teasing that probably every yeah. single time now. Um, uh, maybe that was his last match in Saudi though. Who knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe that's why that moment was so, um, somber, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, listen, Cena's not retiring in Saudi Arabia in the middle of, a, of, of the show against Solo Sokoa. Like he, it's <laughs> he's not, not happening. retiring at money of the sand. Absolutely. Not. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, as far as the match, you know, Squash, which you expected. I mean, every John Cena match is the same, really, at this point. Um, you know, he just gets squashed. He did get a lot more offense in than I, than I thought, so, right. hey, I'll take that. Yo, but yeah, Samoan spikes, I'm like, Cena, stay down. Why you keep getting up for it? Yeah, yeah, after a while, it just became, you know, like, domination. Of course, I know he's putting Solo over. Oh, uh, yeah, but domination, I don't think if John, I don't think if John Cena won, it would have hurt Solo, though. No, you know? it wouldn't. So I was, I was thinking that based on the story of him yeah. not winning a match in what five a singles match in like five years now on pay-per-view i thought you know, give him the win i don't really think it would hurt solo i mean cody's beat solo a bunch of times already now at this point like mm -hmm. they, they've done a great job building solo as a not big either. threat i don't think he him losing to john cena would do any harm but you know i don't hate the direction they went in obviously and john cena is going to put over the young talent like this so 
No, I agree. I agree. I agree 1,000%. All right. Um, EO Sky defeated Bianca Belair with some shenanigans to retain the WWE Women's Championship. Yes, we saw some stuff with Bayley, but then we also saw a return of Kyrie Sane. And if you remember back in the day, when NXT was NXT with the takeovers and stuff, EO Shirai and Kyrie Sane were a tag team. They were part of the, I think they were called the Pirates in the Sky. I think that was the name of their tag team. And I guess we're seeing a reunion of some sorts between both of them. What does that mean for damage control? Is Kyrie Sane part of damage control? What, what, what's going on here? But I'm happy to see Kyrie Sane back and EO retains. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Like, uh, you know, she left, I guess, a couple of years ago at this point, right? It, it doesn't feel like it, it was that long ago. Um, and nothing within the division has changed one bit. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I was really surprised to see that she was returning, man. Like, I, I don't know. Listen, hey, I mean, good for her. I'd love to see her back, obviously. Um, it's just funny how she, you know, left and, you know, went to Japan. And I thought she was going to stay there. She's comfortable She won there. the IWGP and, Women's Championship. She has a match right. with, with, you know, uh, Mercedes Monet. <laughs> And then that's it. Then she's like, oh, I'm moving back to the States and going back to WWE. Like, I just thought it was so weird. Like, I really wonder why, um, why the, the move. But, hey, listen, I, I like it. I'm here for it. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought it was a little odd. Um, but, yeah, hey, crazy to see her back. I'm, I'm a fan of Kyrie. So. so after Kyrie Sane made her return, I believe it was like SRS. So there was like a lot of conflicting reports leading to this. And, and lately, I've just been so busy with work and just other stuff, other personal stuff like I haven't really been on top of the news, but I remember seeing earlier in the week where there was like a back and forth between like PW Insider and I forget someone else, some uh, one of these other wrestling outlets um, saying like, oh, Kyrie Sane is internally on the roster. And then there was conflicting reports that she wasn't. And then someone reported that it might have been SRS, who knows, that she was like out in Saudi and she was supposed to make a return to Crown Jewel, which she did. And then like right after that, uh, SRS did report that there's motion like there's um there, there there's some talks of trying to get um you remember uh, remember this girl uh saray saray from nxt um, yeah the other yeah. japanese um uh, performer which yeah she really had like a quick cup of coffee in nxt and then you just never saw her anymore apparently i don't know if i had to assume i would think that this triple h trying to make right out of things right like some of like the decisions that happened during like the pandemic and post pandemic which you know, people didn't get like the, didn't get the like the right cards dealt, right? That either got mm -hmm. released or just never got like any type of like attention, right? I think Triple H is trying to like to undo those wrongs. Who knows? Maybe Saray is gonna make her return to WWE. I don't know. Yeah, hey, I mean, listen, uh, I think um, Triple H has really um, garnered a lot of respect from everybody. I think uh, you know, obviously, everybody thinks highly of him when he's in charge mm -hmm. um and they believe that he's going to do right by them and I, I i would be confident in that too so yeah i guess now's the time maybe that that's a factor that contributed to Kyrie coming back too she saw triple h is in in charge and she had to creative so she wants to see you know what what type of run she'll have this time around or maybe she sees how good eo's been doing too you know so uh oh, yeah, yeah listen if they're gonna bring saray back I, I i i can't honestly tell you that i really saw any of her work down in nxt because I think she came in during the 2.0 era. I don't watch. I remember um, her having a match. I want to say like right prior to 2.0, and she was she was good, but then you just never saw her anymore. And, but then again, I didn't watch 2.0 either. Yeah, yeah. So I can't really like. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she's great. You know, no doubt. So yeah. I mean, hey, like I said, I'm not. I'm. I have no issues with with Triple H bringing these these people back. Um, like I said, but you know, you bring them back. 
hopefully you have something for them to do. You know? Right. Let's do something with them. Let's just not, you know. Yeah. I, like, there was another the report. I think the last two weeks, if I'm mistaken. And and listen, I know a lot of people ain't like the biggest fans of Karrion Cross, right? But apparently there was like two segments, one last weekend, and then there was supposed to be one this weekend on SmackDown that they were supposed to like vignettes or something. They both got cut. So it's like, you know, it, however people feel about Karrion Cross and like the scar like shtick or whatever, you know, you brought them back and we're not doing nothing with them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's uh, it's weird. It's weird. How, so some people come, you know, come back, they have some sort of success. And you think a guy like Karrion Cross would hasn't gotten anything. I mean, I know you can't use everybody right. um, sometimes, but. Yeah, listen, it, it's a tough business, man. Again, you only have a certain amount of TV time each week, and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get everybody involved on the card. But, I mean, Triple H obviously has done a better job than anybody, and, you know, he has all of our, you know, indie darlings, I guess, no, you know, yeah. from the black and gold and all that. And, I mean, even Johnny Gargano, I mean, you know, now him and Ciampa are, you know, doing the DIY thing. But, you know, Johnny's been back now for a while and, uh, you know, hasn't really done much either, so – Listen, it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time, but you know, I guess that's what you, that's the risk you take. So, you you know what I think hurts Gargano, and listen, I'm I'm a big Johnny Gargano fan, but his return has been so lackluster, and I think he got hurt also. Yeah, you know what also plays a factor, and people might laugh at this. I think what plays a factor too is the goddamn theme song. They changed that theme song, oh, and I feel like it took dude, a lot of fucking steam from Gargano because that steam that theme song is atrocious. I mean, it's a no brainer to, to leave the original Rebel Heart. I mean, it really, like, a no, and I'm surprised too with Triple H in charge. Like, I could see if this was Vince. Like, okay, but yeah, obviously, I expect Vince to do something like this. But I mean, the fact that Triple H and like you know wouldn't wouldn't give this theme back to him, like, I, I, I don't no get it. Time. Yeah, like it's the easiest it's it's the easiest decision you could probably ever make. Like, I just don't get it. It was so perfect. And now but, DIY yeah, but, has like a new theme too, which isn't bad. But I, I even the old DIY theme, I, like I enjoyed too. It had no lyrics or nothing, but it gets you pumped up and shit. And it's it's something so small, but I feel like it matters at the end of the day. Like it does. there's a theme when it comes to entrance themes and theme songs and presentation, all that stuff. That plays a big factor when it comes to these wrestlers. And if that theme isn't meshing well with the actual wrestler, I think that that takes a toll on the actual talent. Dude, I can even Carlito, upon his return, they changed his theme song. He comes out, yeah, people popped, but not in the way that they would have if yeah. he had his old theme song. It's nostalgic. It matters. Yeah, I mean, totally, 100%. These change of theme songs, sometimes they're ridiculous. Sometimes it's needed, but sometimes it's just utterly ridiculous, especially, like you said, with Johnny and DIY and, um, you know, somebody like Carlito, like such iconic themes. Like, I mean, what, what are we doing? You Don't know? you remember when... This was during the pandemic era, like the Thunderdome era. Let's remember when Keith Lee got called up. First oh, night yeah. on Raw, they changed his attire. They changed his theme song. And we were like, what the fuck did you do to our boy? Right. Like, that. out of everything, like, that's the one thing you don't need to change. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'll never understand it. It really just doesn't make sense. Like I said, unless the talent themselves is requesting it because they want to change, that's right. different. Um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, again, what are we doing? Like Johnny's iconic because of rebel heart, like 1, anything else, like what, like, what are we doing? You know? And, and, and I know some people, cause I know it has to do also with like licensing and like who performed yeah. and stuff like that. But listen, if you listen to rebel heart, right, it's very paramore adjacent. Can we get like another band that sounds like paramore to kind of yeah. like do a cover of that song? Not some fucking dude that makes the song sound terrible 
Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I agree 100%. Well, one last thing on WWE, and then we'll move on to a couple other things that I want to get your opinions on. All right. So we're le- we're going into War Games Survivor Series, right? If you had to guess, right, what what War Games matches are we going to get here? Is it going to be, like, Bloodline-related? I think it's more going to be, like, Judgment Day with, like, maybe another partner. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I think it's Judgment Day against Cody, Jay, Sammy. The Super Friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Seth Rollins, probably. Do you think that would we... probably be the other guy. So Cody... Jay, Sammy, Seth Rollins. But oh, yeah, there's got to be five, right? Do you think we get a returning Randy Orton? Mm, that would be something. That would be definitely that something's going on there? You think something's going to yeah. be going on there? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's rumors, obviously, that he's, he's on the way. He's way coming back. You know, uh, they already started doing all the stuff to prep his comeback. So, I mean, that would definitely be something. I probably wouldn't do that just because I feel like there's so like you could throw Kevin Owens in there like there's so many other uh, or you could throw CM Punk been... in there if you want to. <laughs> well, yeah, right. I wouldn't even do that honestly. Uh, oh, he'll he'll be I... part of the Judgment Day. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, I I just feel like it's got to be somebody that's been feuding with the Judgment Day. So I mean, Kevin Owens probably makes the most sense. I know he just got moved to SmackDown, right. but uh, one final you know hurrah um, with him and and the guys from Raw to go up against Judgment Day. I just feel like it makes too much sense. As far as the women, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that's that's a that's a totally different question. I have no idea what they would do there. Um, if I'm guessing, obviously, maybe something involving damage control, but I don't really know who they're it, feuding with Is damage with at the control moment. even damage control anymore? Because uh, my girl, uh, Dakota Kai, she's still hurt. I don't think she's yeah, that's true, clear yeah. yet. So well, then maybe that's point... why Kyrie will take her spot, and then maybe they'll find – Somebody else. Man, you know what? Listen, if if you if we're gonna do this, just give me a full Joshi like stable, okay? And Bailey, and we could throw Bailey in there. Who you know? Give me fucking Io Shirai. Give me Kyrie Sane. Bailey. If 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 Saray's gonna come, bring her in there. Throw her in the mix, and I don't know someone else versus. I guess like the the Super Friends version of the women's division. You know Bianca, you know Becky, Asuka. I don't know someone else. But this time, we need to have Damage Control win because they should have won last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, they're damaged goods at this point. I mean, I guess not. <laughs> oh, I guess not right now because EO's got the belt. But, yeah, listen, I mean, that's. They're damaged <laughs> goods at this point. <laughs> They'll lose forever. All right. Let's let's move on to a couple other things. All right. So we haven't we haven't spoken much about New Japan, right? But I definitely want to touch on this because. They had power struggle that happened yesterday, right? And I did skim through the show yesterday, and I thought it was a really good show. But there's some interesting notes that are coming out of there, right? So Osprey was in the main event, and he defended the United States UK Championship because now he's he was carrying both belts against uh, Shota Umino, right? The match was fantastic, right? And Will Osprey, just like Seth Rollins, he's having an incredible year. So that you know, spoiler, that's probably like one A and one B when it comes to Osprey and Rollins, right? Uh, when it comes to like the top ten wrestlers of the world, okay. Um, after the match, fantastic match. Shota Umno's fucking crying his ass off, and there was a, there was a really great sign of respect where where they're both like after destroying each other in this match, right? They're both just laying there looking at the ceiling, and they're both holding each other's hands like out of respect. It was such a crazy, it was such a dope moment. And uh, my guy, um, what's his name, Chris Charleston, on commentary. Yep. You know, you know how excited he gets in these matches, right? So he yeah. was throwing out a couple of interesting notes how Will 
Will Ospreay keeps saying that his time is running out in New Japan, right? So he brought up an interesting stat how when he beat Okada, he did it, I think, like in 18 minutes. When he beat Kenny Omega, he did it like in, I forget, like 30-something minutes or whatever. And But when he beat, to beat Shota, it took him 40 minutes. So it was like a crazy stat that Chris uh, Charleston uh, brought up. And then he said, like, you know, Osprey's time is running out. But as of right now, he's still the best wrestler in the world. So Shota's like on his knees. He's crying. He pays respect to Osprey. And then Osprey does the same return. The crowd is going nuts. It was such an incredible moment. Osprey gets back up. He's holding both belts. And then he calls Moxie into the ring. Moxie's like, you know, like, you know, just telling Shota that he did all right to, you know, like, you know, just taking care of his boy. But then Mox gets in the ring, and they have, like, a quick, like, you know, little back and forth. And then David Finley shows up out of nowhere, and he attacks both guys. Okay, then he goes on the mic and saying people in the UK don't respect him because they think he's American. And that people in America doesn't respect him because they think he's, like, Irish or something. And then he's like, you know what? I don't give a shit about either one. So he destroys both belts, completely destroys them. And then he holds up, up and then uh, Gato cuts a promo in Japanese saying that everybody needs a rebel, blah, 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 this, this, and that, whatever. Backstage, Osprey gets on the mic and, you know, he said that he wanted this match in Moxley because uh, Moxley owes him that. There's like this, uh, I guess, like when they fought in Chicago, there was like a discrepancy there where when Moxley beat Osprey, Osprey's foot was like under the ropes or whatever. So they wanted to finish telling that story. But then David Finley had to get involved. So now he says, let's just make it a three-way at Wrestle Kingdom 18. And if New Japan can't create a new championship, let's just bring back the Intercontinental Championship. So this this was a pretty interesting angle they ran to close out Power Struggle. I just want to see if you know you saw any of this, and I just want to get your thoughts on this whole thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw, I saw it all. Um, very, very intriguing. I mean, Osprey put out a... Um a tweet uh he like had a killer promo i guess it was at the press conference the day before yes the show, oh my god he bro off. he kind of he kind of played showed up but he wasn't lying <laughs> yeah no no like no i think it, that really helped showed up yeah. honestly it kept that really helped elevate him and and show how much you know he means to him and yes. how much he wants Shota to be that next guy i love that yeah and um you know i don't i don't have new japan world anymore um i cut my ties with that a while ago i haven't really watched a full new japan show god and i can't listen after after we get off after we get off air i'll 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 message you the info (laughs) thank you you can have mine bro (laughs) thank you yeah thank you appreciate it i I just Um, so they're doing i don't know if you saw this but like new japan world like on their social media they they're putting out like these little like posts saying like hey listen on december not december november like 9th or 6th they're like updating their app so you got to re-download a new app so you got to make sure like you're actual email is like so i was checking all that yesterday because i was like man listen you're not gonna fucking take these 10 bucks away from me a month and i don't watch this shit like so then i saw like when i signed up officially for it right i've been a member for new japan world since like 2018 (laughs) wow you know i yeah i remember when i first subscribed too it was um it was 2016 wrestle kingdom because uh i wanted to watch aj styles and shinsuke nakamura at that wrestle kingdom and then i ended up keeping it when i saw the kenny omega stuff when he kicked aj out i was full-blown from there on, oh, yeah. um, but I think I canceled my New Japan World uh, last year, and then I resubscribed this year for Wrestle Kingdom, and then I canceled when it again. They announced Osprey and Omega. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and then I canceled it again just because again I don't watch it, so it's just like 
And it's sad how much I've fallen off New Japan because at one point it was my favorite wrestling nah, company. Dude, me there. too, man. And, I get um, it. I get and I'm it. not saying it's not good, right? Like right now it seems like they're picking up a lot of steam, yeah. but I don't, I don't see myself investing as much time as I did years ago into the product just because, you know, the show's being late and I'm not staying up or getting up early to watch them anymore. And then, you know, it's like, okay, I understand I can watch it whenever I want, but I also, then I run out of time and then there's other wrestling. And I, when I have free time, I don't necessarily want to watch more wrestling. So I, it sucks, but um, I would definitely be willing to check that match out because I heard it was so good. And uh, yeah, everything else that happened post-match really intrigues me. I popped huge when I saw um, David Finley with his gigantic <laughs> sledgehammer, bro. Oh my, how ridiculous did that sledgehammer look? It, 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 it was, looked, it looked like. Remember when the Fiend had the hammer? Yeah, yeah. It, dude, it was popping the shit out of me watching, looking at pictures of him with that giant sledgehammer. Um, and this fucking guy, man. I know he's your, he's your boy, but. Jesus Christ, he's taking away Mox and Osprey one-on-one away well, from us. Okay, so I agree with you on that. And I, I do like David Finley. I, I think he has a lot of potential, right? I will say this. I have to be totally honest. I haven't been watching New Japan, you know, religiously in a while either, right? But I still pay for my subscription because I feel like I still love New Japan and I still want to support them, right? So watching Power Struggle, and I gotta tell you another story about Power Struggle, because I originally did kind of want, I was like, yo, this looks like a pretty good card. Maybe maybe I should wake up at 3, 4 something in the morning, right? I decided not to, and I'll tell you why after we stop recording. I'll tell you privately. <laughs> so, um, watching, I watched a David Finley and, and Tom, uh, Tom Tonga Loa match. I was watching that, and man, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, because I, I don't want to be mean, right? But compared to when I saw David Finley back in August, my man has let himself go just a tad bit because I feel like he was in better shape. And I feel like if you – this is not like body shaming or anything like that. But, like, David Finley, like, made, like, a big transformation. So I don't know if the guy's hurt or maybe something's going on with him. But, like, dude, if you want to be, like, the next ace of New Japan, right – like what Will Ospreay has done, like what Jay White has done, like what Kenny Omega has done, like when AJ Styles showed up in New Japan, even though his name was already established, what Finn Balor did when he was Prince Devitt, all these guys, right, that have done like really incredible things in New Japan. If you want to be part of that conversation, right, dude, you got to you gotta kind of work on yourself a little bit. And who knows, maybe he's injured and stuff. I just feel like compared to when I saw him in August, because I saw him at the fucking multiverse shit. Right, um, when out in Philly at the twenty three hundred arena, I saw him there, and he looked he looked good. Like I'm very, I was very impressed, like how dedicated like David Finley has done to transfer transform himself, right? But if you want to be part of that conversation, dude, don't let yourself go, man. I'm not saying he looks terrible, but you could tell like something seems a little off. That's a shame. That's a shame. I'm 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 not happy to hear that. You know, of course, I I want I want to see him succeed. Um, you know, I know he's been in New Japan. He's given his life to New Japan yes. for a while now, starting as a young lion in the dojo and everything like that. And listen, now is the perfect time, more so than ever. Yep. I mean, we thought when Jay White left, he was going to transition transition into being the next guy. But now Will Ospreay's on his way out. Like, dude, there is no better time Show. to insert yourself as the next guy, like in there. So I hope. Um, things are okay with him, you know, and I hope he's not letting himself go. Or maybe he's hurt. That could be it, too. Yeah, listen, I, yeah, like I said, I hope everything's okay with him, but, uh, man, the, the time is now for him. I mean, really, like I said, with those two got top guys leaving, uh, he could be the top guy gene there, so... I L- mean, listen to the last eight years, bro. Last eight years we're talking about New Japan. AJ left. Omega yeah. left. Jay White left. Will Ospreay 
I feel like he's leaving too, because he keeps teasing yeah, he his is. time yeah. is up. And who? And that doesn't mean that he's not if he whether he goes to AEW, right? Because I, I feel like he that's probably where he's gonna end up going. But who's to say he might go to WWE, right? But if he goes to AEW, that doesn't mean we're not gonna see him like at a forbidden door or anything like that. I highly doubt they're gonna do an angle like they did with Jay White, where he can never step foot in a New Japan ring ever again. Because I feel yeah, like right. Will Osprey loves New Japan so much that he's like, I still want to be part of the New Japan brand when I can. I feel like that's his mentality, right? That's four big gaijin right there that left in the last eight years. If David Finley wants to be like that fifth, like, gaijin that matters in New Japan, he's got to do better, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100%. Uh, I could not agree more. Um, and yeah, listen, like, I think it's pretty much dead giveaway now at this point that will osprey is leaving yes he said it in his promo a bunch of times and i don't know when his contract is up i, I guess obviously not until after wrestle kingdom um maybe february i think mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean listen that he'll probably drop the belt at wrestle kingdom to whoever um and yeah listen also too i mean to go to you know reverse all the way back to what you were saying before it looks like they are bringing back the intercontinental title which oh yeah I mean, listen, like, why'd they ever get rid of it? I blame. I told you, I blame Kota Ibushi. That wouldn't have happened if yeah. Kota Ibushi wasn't world champion. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that was awful. That was awful. They should have never got rid of that belt. Looks like they've obviously realized their their mistake and they're bringing it back. And good, man. Thank God. Um, I don't know if they're going to change the design or anything. They probably will because it, they changed the world heavyweight design. So they'll probably, like, do something different. Um, but man, the IC title, I mean, you don't need no US title and you don't need a UK title for a, a Japanese wrestling promotion. Well, the so. United States Championship, I always remember, I remember reading in the dirt sheets or whatever, the reason they even created that title was to put a title on Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I guess at the time it mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, useful and it had, had a purpose, right? <laughs> but I think at this point, I mean, listen, you, got, you even got New Japan Strong titles. Separate uh, from yeah. the IWGP, you don't need a U.S. Cha- you don't need Tomohiro Ishii walking around as the United States champion. It just makes no sense. That's why Will Ospreay put the U.K. thing on it, and he's carrying him around too. He's like, well, U.K. makes more sense because it's closer to Japan. I mean, if you and, think you know, about more- it, the, the New Japan Strong title is kind of like the United States title of Jace, if you think exactly. about it. Exactly. Exactly. It makes no sense, so mm-hmm. it never made any sense. Bring yeah. back the IC title. It's about time. Yeah. I agree. But yeah, I mean, it looks like good things are happening in New Japan, and, you know, we're in Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, as of right now, I mean, the card doesn't completely intrigue me, but um, well, I mean, we got to, I don't know if you want to segue into another huge match that got announced. Right yeah, now dude, we can talk about that, too. Okada um, and Danielson, too. But yeah. Brian, oh, my guy, Brian, man, yo, he's like a toothpick now, bro. He Everything's yeah. falling apart on the guy, and I feel bad. I, I that's Please. Listen, I'm not trying to knock him by calling him a toothpick, but the... The, my guy's fragile, bro. He's fragile. <laughs> fragile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, listen, he's going hard, man. He's he's wrestling his heart out out there. And, he is. I mean, obviously, uh, I think it's during uh, the lockup with his match against Andrade on Collision, of all things, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it sucks. But clearly, he looks like he's going to be ready to go January 4th. Oh, yeah. Seeing Brian Danielson in the Tokyo Dome, man, is going so to be a sight to see. And oh, yeah. I expect the match with Okada to be what we expected the first time. 1,000%. Five-star classic. Oh, yeah. just, uh, oh it's going to be so surreal to see that. And I'm happy with that because, honestly, bro, I don't know how you feel about it. Sonata versus Naito is a complete <laughs> snoozer of a main event. What a snoozer. Put me to sleep right now. Give me the Dramamine, please. 
God almighty. So they needed Brian Danielson and Okada on this Wrestle Kingdom card because, no! good God, I, 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 that main event is Damn. not for me, man. You know what? As much as I love Naito and Sonata, I don't even think they should main event. Just put it, just give the main event to Okada and, and Brian. I, I know that's not, that's against kind of what New Japan does. But yeah, dude, listen, I was surprised that Naito even won the G1. And, and you know what? Kind of going back to Money in the Bank, right? I kind of wish the G1 was more about let's elevate the next guy that we think that could do it, right? Like, I feel like they did that with Kenny Omega when he won the G1, even though he he lost at, at, at um, Wrestle Kingdom. But I feel like that was, like, the right guy to give at that moment, you know, to have him win the G1. Dude, I don't need to see Naito or Okada or Tanahashi. I don't need to see any of these guys win the G1. Give it to the guy that you think could be, like, the next star. And I got to agree with you. Sonata and Naito just seem like a snoozer. And I love both guys, okay? I was very happy when Sonata won the world title. But him being world champion has been so forgettable. I forget sometimes he's the world champion. And I think it's not only us. I also think, too, the audience in Japan kind of forget that he's the world champion. <laughs> yeah, dude, rightfully so. I mean, it's uh, – and this is my problem with New Japan, and it's sad to see. I mean, like, like I said, we can go from, like, this great stuff with Osprey and Shota Umino, like – that's more intriguing than anything else at the top of the card right now. New Japan is just, it's the same guys over and over. Now, I do like they have uh, some new guys filtering in here. Yua Yuamura, they have... Um, yeah, Yuamura, he came from a, his excursion from Impact or yep. whatever, and it just kind of, they wrote him off in Impact, and it just was an easy transition to put him in back in New Japan. You got Shota Umino. You got Yoda Suji. I mean, Dude, I'm not a fan of new, him, bro. You know, new guys. I, that that what's uh, his name? Not? What's the what's the guy? The, the dude from Lij, the tall dude with the long hair. I forget his name. Yeah, Suji. Yeah, Suji. There's something about him that I don't like. It's, it's not he's not even bad in the ring. He's really good in the ring. Well, there's something about him that I just don't like. I don't know if it's because he smiles too much. I don't know what it is. I don't like him. I I don't like him. Every time I see him, I'm like. <sighs> I get it. I get why people see potential in him. He's not a bad wrestler. He's really good. I just don't like his look. I, I hate the fact that he smiles all the time. He's too happy for me, bro. Listen, I can't. I can't really speak too much to it because <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't watched enough. But I saw one match that he had with Sonata. This dude was doing flips over the. Oh top no, he's world. great, like, dude. He's great in the ring. Killing it. So I mean, listen. I'm just like you said. You know, I mean, people, they got to find their footing. Look at the great Okan. I mean, when he first came in, he was. Uh, he was a real snoozer, let me tell you. But now I think he's gotten a lot better. Um, and look at him now. He's, he's freaking having these crazy matches with John Moxley. Yo, that and... match was great yesterday. Yeah, there you go. So, like I said, there are new guys that they yeah. can push to the top of the card, man. They just got to pull the trigger because, again, Naito's, uh, Sonata's, Okada's, Tanahashi's, man. I, I just, I mean, hey, listen, if the Japanese crowd still likes that, great. Mm -hmm. this, this, that's what pulled me away from New Japan. It's just too much now. And I've seen all these matches. Numerous times, over and over and over again. So. I, I think the problem with Sonata is, while I'm happy that he ended up becoming a world champion, I think they, they dropped the ball with him in the sense, like, I think this should have happened much sooner. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, totally, 100%. He lost almost every single title match when I was still watching it religiously. Yeah. He lost every big title match, finally gave it to him, and he hasn't had the run that we all nah, hoped and, and nah. thought he would have. Very so, forgettable you know, run. I take the title off of him. I, I would assume Naito's going to win it. And then, you know, Naito's world champion again. But then what do you I do can't. with him? Yeah. 
What, right, exactly. It's so funny, too, how I was, like, looking at the rest of the results on Power Struggle and, you know, the Wrestle Kingdom card. And it's like Hiromu is defending the junior title against uh, D- Desperado. I, f- I swear to God they were feuding three years ago when I was watching New No, Japan. they were. They were. And, and don't get me like wrong. This match, is gonna be, this match is going to be incredible, again, because we know they both perform well. But it's like, can we get another junior weight? Like, Oh, it's the same freaking I, thing. I remember, I forgot what year it was, but there was, like, a four-way for the junior title. It was... I think it was Tanahashi, Osprey, you know, and I know he's not involved with anything anymore. Marty Scrawn. I can't think of the fourth guy that was in that match. It might have been Kushida. I'm like, man, that's when, like, the junior weight division was, like, amazing. Yeah, dude, I know. It, it, now it's, you see, it seems like the same four guys, maybe three guys. I don't even know if that's that it's many. It's Taiji, Hiromu, which is the champion, Despi, and then you could kind of throw in another filler four spot, and it's always like no, that. Kushida's back too, right? Is he a junior heavyweight or is he like? Yeah, but he's doing the stuff with Kevin Knight, like in the tag team division. So, oh, is he? Yeah, yeah he's doing the stuff with Kevin Knight, and <clears throat> and and and, the, and then the flip side of that is like at least with like the junior tag division, which I still think there should only be one tag division in New Japan. But like at least with that, you kind of start seeing some of the new names, like you know, Clark Connors is tagging with um, I forget the dude's name that's part of Bullet Club now. Um, I can't think of his name. Mahoney, Alex something Coughlin? Mahoney. Yeah. No, not Alice. They're they're in the heavyweight division. It's Alice Con- oh. Coughlin and um, uh, Gabriel. Just uh, Gabriel, right? Um, yeah, Gabriel uh, Kid. Gabriel Kid. Yeah. yeah, and then they got Clark Connors. And I can't think of the other cat's name. Mahoney, yeah. something Mahoney. I can't think of his name, but um, oh yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so th- that's your New Japan report. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's as much much New Japan as we'll probably talk until Wrestle Kingdom. So, but I will be watching Wrestle Kingdom. I will be watching that. This is something I never thought we would ever talk about again, but I'm really interested to hear your opinion on. So you know what's coming back in early 2024, right? Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this this to pop up. Yep. We're going to get the return of TNA, bro. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Before before you shit on all this, all right? Before, <laughs> before you shit on all this, right? I will say this. Bound for Glory was an incredible pay-per-view, bro. I thought that pay-per-view top to bottom was really, really good. And Will Ospreay and Mike Bailey, they put on a fucking match. Jesus Christ, bro. The match was fucking amazing, bro. And it's another match that I put on our list of matches to talk about at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. I watched it, too. Guess why I watched it? Because they gave it out for free. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yep, they aired that entire match on Impact the following week. Oh, so you I watched caught, it? Oh, that's great. I caught wind. Oh yeah, I caught wind of it, and um, I was like, okay, like I'm, I want to, I want to see this, and I recorded it, and um, yeah, I watched it back. Did they you... also gave away the the main event, and I did not watch that, but <laughs> that match was Impact good too, though. Giving away, they're giving away all their pay per views for free, so why even buy them? Damn. Why even buy them? <laughs> and even though this is positive, Ryan is still. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. TNA, TNA. <laughs> all right, oh, all right, all right. So top to bottom, I thought the paper was really, really good, man. Um, I'm always going to try to look at the positives when it comes to Impact because I really do enjoy their product. I really do. I enjoy their product, and I think their their talent roster is amazing. And I'm happy that Alex Shelley's still champion. It's unfortunate that during the UK um, tour they were doing just uh, within the last two weeks, he, he like, pulled, like, uh, he got some type of injury. It's minor, but still. He couldn't finish doing the tour, but hopefully it doesn't get worse or he has to like get stripped from the title or anything like that. But the biggest the biggest announcement coming out of this Bound for Glory pay-per-view, right, was they ran a video package at the end of the pay-per-view 
where it's some of their top stars and they're kind of like in a campfire or whatever and they're all saying like it's time blah 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 and the announcement was that TNA is back and and it starts with their hard to kill pay-per-view which is going to happen in Las Vegas at the Palms on January 2024 all right um I don't hate it I don't hate it I don't see why we're doing this now especially cuz like I feel like Scott Demore and also when Don Kyle was still there they kind of had to rebuild the brand again and impact is impact, right? Like impact is now like a very known brand and you know, they, they rebuilt some past relationships that that needed to be fixed specifically with new Japan. Right. And now we're going back to the TNA name. I don't hate it, but also it's like, why are we doing this now? Um, there also has been rumors that Anthem, which is the parent company of impact, they are going to be putting more money into the brand so I guess like when it comes to a production standpoint and stuff like that, it's going to be a little bit more like elevated, leveled up, if you will. And yeah, I don't necessarily hate the idea of them going back to the TNA brand, but also it's like, why now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely seems very unnecessary, like you said, because of all the work that Don Callis and Scott Moore did uh, to rebrand the whole company as Impact. You know, I thought Impact Wrestling just makes sense. Uh, TNA, you know, it did once have, uh, it's like very nostalgic, obviously, and it yep. does have some good memories to it, but obviously it's got, it, it's like remembered for a lot of bad things too. Oh, like yeah. it does have a stink to it. Um, so I am surprised that they are going back to that. But I mean, listen, like at the end of the day, I guess it really doesn't matter, right? I mean, people were probably calling it TNA still anyways <laughs> yeah. to this day. Uh, the only thing that's going to be different now is you're going to see the TNA branding all over the place. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, let me, let me just say, like, if the production and, if like if that stuff doesn't change, then then none of this matters, right? Like maybe they can try and secure a better TV deal. Like they can rebrand the name, but I mean, you know, and obviously the talent there is great, and you know if it's booked well, you know, obviously, you know, I, I don't know you rave about it, and I see a lot of things. You know, people enjoy the product. Um, you know, it's not for me. I've I've tried, but the whole presentation needs to change in order, right. I think, for them to grasp fans and bring them back. Because if you continue to do the things that they, they do, I mean. Even just the backstage stuff, like, I don't know, just everything's filmed so horribly. Like, I just can't really, like, explain it, but, like, it's just so such bad production that, like, then you're going to slander the TNA name. Like, you're going to, like, they need they need a whole, like, reboot. And I don't know if they're planning this or not. I don't know if they're just changing the name, um, but it feels know, like a reboot. a new production studio. It, it does or, feel like a reboot. I feel like that's what they're building it to. Hey, listen, I'll, 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 I'm curious to see what it ends up, you know, coming to. I mean, I was a big TNA fan back in the day. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, the year of 2024, the return of TNA wrestling, like, very weird. I never thought we'd be having this conversation. But, yeah, I mean, let's, let's see, man. I mean, I, obviously there was a lot of demand for it. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know who was demanding for TNA wrestling to come back. But oh, yeah, that Chicago crowd after they made the announcement, nothing but TNA chance galore. Oh, my God. Scott Demore, too. He was freaking. God, he was all pumped health. up. And, you know, the thing was, it's like he seems so hyped, right? He's like, we're going back to TNA fucking wrestling. Like, bro, you've, you have been in charge of the company for like four or five years and you have not done anything to bring back TNA. So if you wanted it to come back so badly, why did you wait this long? Like you were in control, buddy. Like, the only thing I could think of, and I heard someone else say this um, anyways, I'll, if I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll mention them. But I think the, the, the reason why they're also going back to the TNA name besides like the, Hey, this is what we used to be or whatever. It's like, 
I think wrestling companies have always had like a letter thing, right? AEW, WWE, mm, yeah. ECW, yep. WWF, uh, WCW, NWA, New Japan, you know, NJPW. It's always been like letters, right? And it's like with TNA, it's like, there you go. TNA, it's a, le- it's a letter company. That's the only thing I yep. can think of. But I've gotten so used to the Impact brand, like that to me doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, but I mean, it's always going to be TNA Impact still, right? You know, like obviously their show on Thursdays is going to be called Impact still. So. I just want to know if they're going to bring back the, the cross the line theme for the intro. Yeah, that would be something. That would be awesome if <laughs> oh, they do so, that. I, I love that. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be cool. I mean, I know you know they're not bringing back the six sided ring. No, oh, thank God uh, they're not bringing that back. I, I, yeah, I, it's I hard, refuse it's to hard watch. to work in apparently. So I'm good watching Lucha Libre from AAA with a with a six sided ring. I'm cool with that, but I don't need to see an American promotion have a six sided ring. Absolutely not. No, and it's for wrestler safety too. Everybody yeah. who's performing there, they don't like it, so mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Yeah, it's just go with the four sides. Bring back the TNA logos on the aprons and all that stuff, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, bring back across the line, man. Yeah, make it TNA make it as wrestling. badass and, and as nostalgic as can possibly be. Oh yeah. Okay, let's talk about AEW, bro. We're gonna talk some positive stuff, and then we're gonna talk about some negative stuff. But well, who's who's to say? Maybe I'm the only one that that has kind of a negative tone to it. All right, let's talk about Omega and MJF. We had this impromptu match at Collision. They announced it on Dynamite before that. This happened two weeks ago, but we haven't done the show, so let's talk about this match. I thought this match was fantastic for a TV match. It's a, it's, I get why they did it because of the whole like record thing, the title record thing. And they were, they've been teasing it on BTE and then they teased it also on, on AEW television, you know, with the whole like X amount of days, bitch. Right. So like they teased it. I thought this match was incredible, man. And MJF, man, continues proving to the world that he's not just a, a, a talking gimmick. He's also one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, dude, honestly, I thought this match was so good, too. I mean, I knew the minute they announced it, this was going to be a freaking banger. Uh, I, I did not mind that they, you know, did this very quickly and they kind of threw it together. I know a lot of people had a problem with that. Oh, where's the build? Where's the build? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it just made sense storyline-wise to do it right now. I mean, it's, right. it's the streak. It's Kenny trying to defend his streak. Like, oh, you yeah. didn't need a big build. You didn't need for it to be on a pay-per-view, like, Listen, I, I sell some tickets for collision and make people tune in. I mean, I, I understand where some people were coming from, but I I didn't mind this because it just made sense. And, yeah, dude, what a freaking banger. MJF, man. MJF <laughs> has done a – and, listen, I've always thought he was a great wrestler and everything. He has become the guy in AEW, the top star, the face of all elite wrestling. There's no shot in hell this guy is leaving in 2024. He has just become such a company man. Oh, yeah. And even the the promos after the match, I don't know if you saw that. They posted them on social media, the the post-match promos. Kenny puts them over. MJF puts over Kenny. Oh, my God, man. This was awesome. I mean, this was almost like a passing of the torch moment. Yep. Uh, um, And, yeah, listen, like, solidifies MJF as the top guy. And uh, I'll be honest, man. I I really don't want to – see him lose his belt anytime soon like I, I as much as i love jay white and i would love to see him as the world champion i just feel like mjf is on an unbelievable babyface run right now he really and is. i don't i don't want that to come to an end man this is a great transition but i do want to talk about this match because you just mentioned right now i don't want to see mjf lose his title <clears throat> this match was fantastic it was probably one of the best tv matches since for AEW. this is probably one of the best tv matches since there's Two that come to mind to me. One was a tag match between FTR and Juice and Jay. Yep. 
uh, the two out of three falls on Collision, and the other match I could think of was MJF Adam Cole won, which happened in Dynamite. Yep. yep. Those are the two matches that come to mind. Uh, this match was. There's also, you know, you had Omega and Danielson like years ago too. But I mean, if you're talking like recently, yeah, I'm talking about like specifically this year. Those oh, are like, yeah, yeah. Those are like the two that that come to mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. MJF and Kenny Omega delivered. MJF continues to show the world that he's just not just a, a talking gimmick and that he could wrestle as well. And yeah, he's in an incredible world title run. You know, if you would have asked me a couple of months ago with this whole Adam Cole and MJF story, I was on the whole idea that MJF is going to turn on Adam Cole and that's it. And now we have this scenario where Adam Cole is hurt. You know, I'm still under the impression that, I, I, you know, hopefully, I hope Adam Cole's okay, right? But at the same time, I feel like this could be just a work, right? Oh, but, I still think it is, yeah. But if, if Adam Cole does return, this all turns out to be a work, Adam Cole has to be the guy that turns on MJF, and he has to be the heel in this whole program because MJF is the number one guy in AEW, and he's the biggest baby face in the whole company, okay? Now, you mentioned the whole MJF, you know, not, lo- not losing that championship, and he should still continue this run. That leads me to the next topic I want to talk about, and that's this big Long Island pay-per-view that's happening in your backyard, Ryan. We're going to end the year, end the year of 2023 in Long Island with AEW World's End pay-per-view at the Nassau Coliseum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. A pay-per-view coming to Long Island, 20 minutes away from my house. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Oh, man. I When I saw this announcement, I was pumped man it's just who would have ever thought aew's first ever pay-per-view would be at the nassau coliseum like if you live in new york on long island like that's the last place you would ever think they would be running but i don't think it's a coincidence i think you know the mjf story is contract running out and everything that's going to be a play on uh that and i think it's like a cm punk summer of punk 2011 chicago money in the bank s type of thing i love it um we, you know we we both will be there i just it's unbelievable that they're running that venue and um the ticket sales look to be doing really good it's a very yeah. small building but so much nostalgia so historic and uh you know they renovated it a couple of times oh, yeah. so i mean it's it's it looks okay i mean it's it's pretty much a dump but it's it's <laughs> it's every every long islander man grew up watching watching things there at the nassau coliseum so it's pretty crazy um to see them run that building so cred- incredibly hyped and didn't think I'd be going you either to nope. another wrestling show nope. that, this nope. year. So I mean, we we talked about it. I think and one of the last episodes about how there was um, a rumor about yeah. Ring of Honor, you know, right at the Hammerstein or whatever. And, and, and now that's happening in Texas again. Congratulations. Yeah, well, you know, Ring of Honor is a whole nother story, man. I, I Ring of I just don't know what the hell is going on with that company, but um, I'm not gonna waste time on that. No, but, we're not. That's the only promotion we're not gonna talk about. Yeah, listen, I'd rather talk TNA than Ring of Honor at this point, honestly. So uh, I mean, you know. It's just not even worth talking about. But yeah, incredibly hyped. So I actually, in so I've been to the Nassau Coliseum, I believe, twice. Before the remodel, and it was for like a Monday Night Raw, I remember. And I remember mm-hmm. specifically, it was me and my buddy Kevin and my boy Walter. We went out to Long Island for a Monday Night Raw. And this is when like CM Punk was still in the company. The Wyatts were feuding with, with Brian and Punk at the time, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember I just had like a crazy toothache or whatever, but I still went to Raw, right? This was back in 20, I think like 13, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then the yeah. second time I went to the Nassau Coliseum was not too long ago. It was a couple of years ago for the WWE Evolution pay-per-view, the all-women's mm-hmm. pay-per-view. And I remember oh. going there, and I thought the remodel looked really good. I thought Nassau Coliseum looked amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean the remodel definitely it it looks nice, but um, it's still at the end of the day, it's like uh. <laughs> Just a dump. It really is. It's just a dump. But listen, AEW's but... going to be there, okay? <laughs> to end the yeah. end of the year. <laughs> Can't wait. So let me tell you this story on how Ticketmaster sucks fucking ass, okay? Oh, Bitch! Yeah, tell me. Okay. It was a fucking mission and a half to get these goddamn fucking tickets for fucking AEW World's End. So it was Thursday. Thursday was a pre-sale, and I was like, listen, let me try to get the... The, this pre-sale code, so I saw, I got two, one was emailed to me from actual AEW, right? The other one I got from, I think, like, WrestleTix, which is like a Twitter account or Twitter X, whatever, and then the third mm -hmm. uh, promo code I got, it was actually from Meridian, you know, shout out to Meridian. So, got these promo codes, I'm waiting for 10 o'clock, I was not home, but I still had my phone, I had both the Ticketmaster app and the web browser, just in case one failed on me, I was I was determined to get these goddamn tickets, right? And I wanted some decent tickets, right? I didn't want to sit up in like the bleachers, but I also didn't need floor seats, all right? Because I feel like with the Nassau Coliseum, you could get like a good view out of every at any direction, you know, in the hundred section, whatever, blah blah blah. Sign in, ten o'clock. I'm waiting in line. Put the promo code in. I'm in there. I find these perfect tickets, all right? They're aisle seats, all right? I'm like, oh, these are the tickets. I try to get them. It keeps giving me these fucking error message. For the next 20 minutes to a half hour, I'm not home, by the way. I'm getting this stupid error message, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to rush home and try to get in the laptop. So I rush home, go to my laptop. The tickets I originally wanted, they're gone. Fuck! So I'm like, shit, man. Luckily, I did find some other tickets that were just as good. And I nailed those. But what the fuck, Ticketmaster? If you have an application and you allow people to get tickets on their cell phones, but can you figure out like the, the whatever errors is happening? Why do I keep getting error message on my Ticketmaster app? I don't understand. Uh, I mean, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. It, it, I mean, you know, you're on at that time when the tickets are supposed to be released and going on sale. And to get screwed over, it's it just, I mean, Ticketmaster over the years, they just continue to get worse and worse. It's unbelievable. It, it's terrible. But I'm sorry that experience happened, but I'm glad you still got tickets. I still got great tickets. I got great tickets. And you know what? We're not even sitting that far away from each other. Yeah, yeah. I do. Well, so, yeah, I was, you know, I was working that very busy day. Totally even forgot that tickets were even going on sale that morning. But, mm -hmm. you know, luckily, uh, one of my buddies came through, included me in his, you know, in his group. I was probably going to go with him anyways. Right. Um, and I was really surprised. I mean, not really surprised, I guess. But, like, dude, the tickets couldn't be any more reasonable. Like, they I were mean, the, very the prices, reasonable, bro. I don't know if that's – I mean, AEW is usually pretty good with that. I don't know if it's Nassau Coliseum or just, you know, I, I don't know. But, I mean, God, I, I, I just love to see it. Like I yeah, said, you can't get too. WWE tickets for, for the price we paid for as good of a seats as we have. Like, 1,000%. I was really – I was really surprised. And keep in mind, I've gone to AEW shows all year. You know, I went to Double or Nothing, and then I also went to All Out. But the prices were so reasonable for the Nassau Coliseum. I was like, wow, this is great. It's awesome. It's really, I mean, in today's um, day and age where everything's so freaking expensive and people can't even take their families to any, any show and enjoy themselves, it's it's nice to see for sure. Okay. So I want to go back to, well, we, this is part of the same conversation with the AEW World's End and being in Long Island, which is MJF's hometown, and MJF is the world champion right now. He's going into full gear to face Jay White in the main event. I, I Listen, if it was up to me, I would want Jay White to the throne MJF and be world champion. But now with this Long Island pay-per-view, I see no shot of that fucking happening at all. And I see MJF retaining the world championship. With that being said, though, 
going into Long Island and how this is World's End, who do you think MJF faces in the main event at World's End? Do you see a returning Adam Cole? Because they keep teasing the story that all eyes are MJF and he's getting all these like different like competitors going after him. Whether it's Warlow, whether it's Samoa Joe, even defeating Kenny Omega, they still keep you know teasing that we could probably see another rematch or see some type of another face-off between Omega and MJF. Like you see that that's happening. We don't know what's gonna happen with the Jay White aspect of things. So what do you think is gonna happen here? Who do you think MJF could potentially face at this World's End pay-per-view? I think it's going to be a multi-man match. Oh I my think. god, you you took you took that the top of my head. That's what I think it's gonna <laughs> be too. Lines. Yep. I, I just feel like they're gonna stack the odds against him. Everybody's gonna be wanting wanting that last title match to, you know, especially everybody, you know, has beef with MJF, right? So like Wardlow has his own history. Samoa Joe's got his oh, own. Yeah. Um, you know, all these guys, Jay White might be in it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like all all these guys are gonna be gunning for him. And I, I think they're just going to throw everything against him. And, you know, somebody's going to try to knock him off the, the mountain, of course. And they're going to tease that he's leaving and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, he'll probably retain. And then, obviously, he'll, we'll find out he's not leaving. And that's just what I th- – I just think that makes the most sense. I just don't think you could pin one guy at this point. Because, like you said, everybody seems to be gunning for him, which yeah. I love, by the way. I yeah, mean, me too. Me champion, too. So he needs to have a target on his back. Um, yeah, that's what I'm So thinking. I thought the same thing too, but I'm going to remix your idea just a little bit because I thought the same thing. They keep all these, all, all eyes are on MJF, right? You have different challengers that are coming after him, right? And if you notice during his promos, especially the build up to the Omega match, MJF said, like, I had the world's greatest Iron Man match with Brian Danielson. I had one of the best Fatal Four Ways of all time with the Four Pillars, right? You have Warlow, you have Samoa Joe, you have Kenny Omega. We don't know what's going on with Jay White. We don't even know where Adam Cole is at, right? I think if we're going to do a multi-man match at World's End, right? If we're going to end the year with a bang, you have MJF defend the title in a fucking ladder match. Mm. Okay? I like that. And you just said people are coming after MJF to knock him off the mountain, right? What if that's when the reveal happens of who the devil is Right when MJF is about to retain the title, someone knocks him off the ladder, and it's oh, the guy man. in the devil mask. Oh man! <laughs> what? I, listen, on it. Wow. I mean, um, and then so obviously MJF loses the world title. Yes, and in Long Island. And everybody thinks he's losing. I, like, uh, he's leaving. Yes. They're gonna tease that for a while. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I like that better because it's so it's much more unpredictable. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. Listen, I I think that that just makes. Oh man, that, that would be yo, yo, you sound stressed yeah. out there'd over be, there, bro. There'd <laughs> right? be you sound so stressed. much. There'd be so much heat <laughs> walking out of that building, man. Um, after the show, if MJF were to lose, oh my god. <laughs> meanwhile, I love it. meanwhile, without giving too much away, right, Ryan? You know what I'm talking about. I'm over here trying to explain like why people are so pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, but. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm, I'm glad that you thought the same thing I was thinking about a multi-man match, but let's end it with a bang. You're going to close out the year with a pay-per-view. Let's just make this shit a fucking ladder match. Yeah, honestly, might as well. I mean, I'm down for it. I'm here for it. I'm always a good a sucker for a good oh, ladder yeah, match. Oh, yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, dude, I, honestly, I think I think the possibilities are endless. They can go so many different um, directions with this. I mean, there's so much to, to, to play into, and I think uh, 
obviously Tony Khan has a plan up his sleeve because you don't just book the Nassau Coliseum like this at the end of the year when the you know MJF's contract is coming up. Yep. Um, there obviously he's got a, a plan in place, and I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Like I said, I just. I kind of do wish that they didn't announce this just yet. I mean, I realize I they have to because it's it's coming up, right? So they got to put tickets on sale. Yep. But it's kind of a dead giveaway at this point that he that yeah. he's beating Jay White now at, at full gear. I know. So, I know. And, and up until they announced that, I was I was I was leaning towards either way. Honestly, I thought Jay had a really really solid chance to hold this belt, but. I think, you know, with the teases, too, about how he's been holding it now, he's been he, he's had the Triple B held hostage now for so long, and he actually beat MJF, so he's not giving the belt back mm-hmm. to him. I think, obviously, it's going to end with MJF winning and getting his belt back. Um, but it's just a little bit too obvious now. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be crazy. Listen, coming out, out of this, whether he's part of this, Jay White's part of this multi-man match, which we're assuming could be a, a thing for World's End, or going into 2024, we need to put a title on Jay White. I don't care what title it is. Let's put a title on Jay White. <laughs> yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. Okay. Uh, now we're going to talk about a couple things that, one, we, we've been very critical on, and that's like some of the AEW booking. But also there's two things that I want to get your opinions on, which is like, it, it's mind-boggling for me. Um, I haven't really been enjoying the, besides the MJF stuff, which I think has been fantastic, I haven't really been enjoying the booking. You know, we can always talk about the women's division, how it's terribly booked. Like, for example, I'm a big fan of Willow Nightingale, right? But she loses a fatal four-way match for a contender for to get a spot against Sheeta for the women's title, right? But then the following week, we're still going to give Sheeta a women, uh, we're going to give Willow a match against Sheeta for the women's title anyway. So what's the point of even having a, a match to determine who's going to be the next challenger if as much as I love Willow, she shouldn't have got a shot at Dynamite for the women's title if she lost the week before in a fatal four-way. That should have been, if anything, that should have been a, a championship eliminator match, not a women's mm-hmm. title match. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree. The booking is awful um, for the women's division especially. But, I mean, really, just there's been a couple of, you know, kind of uh, very head-scratching decisions lately. Um, Tony Khan seems like he's just throwing shit at the wall. And oh, yeah. Sticks. That's what he's doing. Um, book, like, giving people title shots left and right. I mean, Daniel Garcia has won this Wednesday. Like, oh, like, like, what's the, like, how does that make any why? sense? You know, like, wait, it's just stupid um, at this point. And I'll be honest, man, like, I haven't been enjoying the full Dynamite shows as of late. Uh, I think the MJF stuff is the best thing going yes. on, obviously. Mm-hmm. And besides that, I can't really tell you anything else that I'm interested in on the show, to be honest. I really can't. Another thing I didn't like was you have the 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 trios titles for Ring of Honor, right? Get it defended in uh, AEW, right? Yeah. Uh, the Elite uh, versus um, you know the the Embassy, okay? Yeah. The Embassy, re- they get the titles back, but it's like okay, now we're going into this Ring of Honor pay per view final battle, right? And I feel like the Elite w- could have been a big drawing point for the pay per view, right? What was the point of even putting the titles uh, on the Elite to begin with? And listen. When when this decision first happened, I was raving about it. I was like, listen, anytime I see the Bucks, and also Hangman too, but mostly the Bucks, anytime I see them holding any title, I'm happy. Okay? Yep. What was the point of even putting the titles on them if we're going to have them just drop it back to the previous champions? And now you don't have no elite going into this Ring of Honor pay-per-view again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand. It makes no sense. Why? What was the point of even giving them the belt? What are they doing with the Bucks? They're turning them heel again against Kenny Omega. Like, like uh, they did that backstage thing after they lost mm-hmm. and Matt threw the temper tantrum. Yeah. Um, okay, Swerve and Hangman has been great. 
I don't think we need a second match. I really don't. I think Swerve won. That's it. Well, you don't need. Why Why is the feud continuing? Like, I don't get it. There's no stipulation. Um, it's just another one-on-one, which I think they'll kill it. I just don't think they needed one, you know, like Swerve won. Let let us elevate Swerve now. What is he going to, it's going to be 50-50 booking now. What, Hangman's going to win? They're going to have a third match to decide, like, who wins the feud? Like, I just don't think it's necessary. They're not fighting over anything. The the Um, only thing I could think of when it comes to that, the only thing that would make sense for me as a viewer is if we're going to have another match between Swerve and Hangman, and if Hangman's going to get his win back, just make it a lights-out match like they did with Moxley and Omega, where it doesn't, quote unquote counting the record books right yeah. and i get why Heyman wants to get his revenge especially with like swerve you know showing up at his house and quote unquote you know the uh yeah, yeah. invading the, the privacy like i get i get all that and in theory Heyman should get his win back with that right but if we're gonna do that make it a lights out match where they just completely destroy each other where even with defeat swerve still doesn't look like he lost anything you know what i'm saying yeah no 100 percent. i totally agree with you on that um, going back, listen, going back to the, the Ring of Honor titles, first of all, AEW has their own set of trios titles, but you'd never know. I mean, you would never know. The Ring of Honor belts are, are defended more so than the AEW ones. Um, you're tuning into AEW Dynamite to watch Ring of Honor belts being defended. I'm so sick of it already. Nobody cares. Get it off. I understand Tony owns both. Keep it on Ring of Honor. If nobody's watching Ring of Honor, well, then that's a problem, okay? I mean, do something to fix that. I don't want to see any of this stuff on AEW Dynamite. I don't. And I know I'm not in the minority when I'm saying that. Um, we have a lot of yeah, titles well, in Ring of Honor, in, in AEW period, because you have the AEW titles, and then you have the Ring of Honor titles. But th- the problem with that also is, it's like, depending on who's holding the title, sometimes those titles become secondary. And this goes for both AEW and Ring of Honor titles. Cause like Samoa Joe, right? Like I know they keep on like promoting him how he's the he's the longest reigning television champion of all time, right? And, and which is fine, that's fine. And I'm happy Samoa Joe's holding the title, right? But at the same time, you kind of lesser other championships that are kind of like in AEW. Yeah, exactly. And now we got Samoa Joe and Keith Lee for the ROH World TV title on Wednesday. Great, that's gonna be a banger. Why? Why should we care about the Ring of Honor TV title though? I mean, really, why? I don't watch Ring of Honor. I haven't watched Ring of Honor in years. What? Why am I going? I, I the the TV is on Honor Club. I'm not paying ten dollars a month. And is it really that. TV? So why it I should care be. Who the champion is? It should be called the Ring of Honor Internet Championship because it's not really on yeah, TV. Yeah, right. The, the digital media title, right? Yeah. The impact is that. Uh, yeah. No. I, I listen. I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. And I don't. I just they constantly, time and time again, defend these belts on the show, and I just feel like it's stupid. Like I find myself not caring who wins because you know it doesn't mean anything to me. So. Yeah, listen, I have very questionable stuff going around all across the board, I think, for AEW at the moment. Like I said, the MJF stuff is is red hot. But other than that, again, until they get this Ring of Honor stuff off the TV, I mean, it's just uh, – I don't know, man. I, I no listen, them, them running Texas again for final battle is just wow. Wow. I'm grateful Tony saved it. I'll say it time and time again. But, I mean, what are we doing with it? Like, what are we doing? It's not even even like – it's not even a B league. It's not even that. Like, I know people made, like, NXT, right? When NXT was, like, red hot with, like, the takeovers and stuff like that. It was like, oh, well, you know, it's like it's a B league, right? Ring of Honor is not even a B league. No, dude. They could literally make it just, like – their own developmental ter- territory, right? And just have like a, a bunch of indie guys on there or like, you know, guys that aren't getting TV time, you know, that they sign, you know, they have like 300 guys under the under contract, it seems. So put some guys like the Action Andretti's and all those like, yeah. 
you know, uh, guys that they don't they sign but they don't use, put them there. But keep it just keep it its own thing. Like don't constantly have guys crossing over to AEW and bringing their titles with them. Keep everything there, you know. And like again. I, I don't expect them to sell any tickets in Garland, Texas, you know, for final battle. They've run that place a bunch of times. I mean, what's the pay-per-view buys going to do? Like, I don't know, man. I, I Keep think it developmental made a huge and... mistake revamping Honor Club. I think he should have just with the with all the content AEW has done over the years, and then with Ring of Honor, he should have just bundled it all with one thing and try yep. to sell it to HBO Max or Max yep. now. And you know, now with the Ring of Honor stuff, you could. Just if you want to watch the pay per view, you can watch it on Max. If you want to watch the weekly product, you can watch it on Max. That's what he should have done. The Honor Club thing to me, it has been nothing but a failure. Yeah, listen, don't don't tell people to pay ten extra dollars every month to exclusively watch Ring of Honor. Like you said, bundle it together, offer it for free with the AEW content, and then maybe more people would be likely yeah. to watch it because it's included. Um, yeah, it's it's miserable. I don't get it. Um, it pisses me off. Like I said, every time I I tune into AEW Dynamite to watch AEW. And I'm seeing Ring of Honor stuff. Like it's just, it's annoying. And also, um, it doesn't help matters either that the 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 ring of the new set of Ring of Honor titles look like fucking nickels. That don't help either. Oh yeah, I know. It's they're yeah, they're all awful. It's like I said, it really is a shame to see to see what it's become. Really. Okay, we're gonna end the show with some laughter. All right, we're gonna be we're gonna be critical, but we're gonna laugh a little bit too. Why are we seeing Big Show wrestle in 2024? Who the fuck told Tony Khan? Okay. You know what's a great fucking idea? Let's see fucking Paul White that could barely even fucking walk wrestle in 2023. Who the fuck told Tony Khan this This is a great idea? And he's teaming with Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega of all of all guys. Like, what a weird, like, I, who had that on their bingo card for this year, right? Oh, God, the bro. Guy, the guy walked out and he, he was only on the ramp. And he looked like he couldn't even walk anymore. He looked like he looked like, like cottage cheese with eyebrows. Oh my god, man! I know it's just laughable. It's terrible. This is like, this is the type of booking where people, or the type of shit that you see on TV where people compare it to like WCW Dying Days, yes, when Hulk yes. Hogan and Eric Bischoff were in TNA. When you see shit like that, like I get why people crap on AEW. I don't want to see Big Show on my TV or wrestle. For AEW, I don't need to see that. Why is Big Show in AEW? I don't understand. I don't know what he's done. I don't. I don't know. I know he yeah, does like the a, commentating thing. He but... does like the community stuff too, like the community outreach things, like uh, you know, public relations. Like he, he, that's fine. Like let him do that. And I know he doesn't wrestle every week. I know he hasn't had a match. But like, nobody wants to see him wrestle. Man. But nobody wants to see him even when he does come back for like these one offs. Yeah, he's not an attraction that people want to see. I see that, right? I see that. It's like why? Like I was watching Dynamite. I'm like why? Why is this guy going to wrestle, right? Fast forward to Collision yesterday, right? I'm watching Lance Archer versus Darby Allin, and I'm like, if you wanted a big guy, couldn't we just put Lance Archer in that spot? Why right. are we putting the big yep. show? Why? There's plenty of big guys. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I know. It, it's, I just, know. it's just terrible, right? And, and, and it gets even better, right? They also, <laughs> right. Anou- <laughs> they also announced this week that Ric Flair has signed a multi-year deal with, deal with AEW. And... I'm just, I'm good on that, man. I'm good. And I know a lot of people still love Ric Flair. And I'm not even going to talk about some of the stuff that we know about Ric Flair and his passion. Because I'm not even going to talk about that, right? I don't need to see Ric Flair on AEW, okay? You want to have him stick around for, like, the Sting stuff leading up to, you know, Revolution? Okay, that's fine. But what is, 
what is Ric Flair really going to do 2023 going into 2024 for AEW? Is he that yeah. much of an asset for AEW? I, I don't think so. I'm sorry. I don't. And it's, it's, It seems like AEW's paying, like, like they're doing all the promotion with the energy drink and stuff, too. It's like, it's like, geez, they're, they're literally going out of their way to, to, like, promote the hell out of this for Ric Flair. Like, I, I don't. Listen, if he's going to, like, manage Andrade or he's going to do some backstage stuff, I mean, whatever. Fine. Honestly, don't really care. Um, but good God almighty, he better not wrestle. And you know what? I think Tony's smart enough, and I, I really do. I, I really think know. Tony knows better. <laughs> but then again, we're just talking about the guy that does, took the does big Does Tony know wrestle. better? Does Tony <laughs> so, know better? Yeah. I'm not really sure now. Oh. I don't know. It, it's um, Listen, but, Tony's living out his little wrestling – uh, boyhood fantasy dream, and he's signing all these guys. I mean, you know, signing Ric Flair, of course, is probably like a childhood dream for him. Um, it's just funny how there was rumors of him coming in a couple of years ago, right? And then that Dark Side of the Ring episode came out with the, uh, with the, the flight from right, hell or whatever yeah, it was. Right hell, yeah. And then they went against that. So, you know, give it a couple of years later, and now they're going to sign him again, you know? All uh, right, so what's, I, the, I, what's, the, what's the over-under that we're going to see Hogan in AEW now? Oof. Yeah, listen, listen, I want to say, again, I want to go back to saying, I think Tony knows better, but I don't know. I'm not 100% positive on that, but I'm going to say no shot. But, hey, I mean, who knows? We got the big show teaming up with Kenny Omega and Cody Ibushi, and we got Ric Flair signing multi-year deals. So, I don't know. I guess anything's possible at this at this stage in the game. But it's literally, AEW's literally becoming, like you said, WCW and TNA 2010. When TNA had every, you know, Ric Flair retires, he's his retirement speech on Raw, great final match with Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 24 and everything, and then he shows up in the Impact Zone. Like, it's the same, I just feel like they're doing the same exact thing where they're signing all these guys who are, you know, done with WWE and all that stuff, or, and they, you know, hey, come come over here, you know, we'll use, we'll use you, you know? I just, I, I don't get it. I, th- I thought we want Tony wanted this sports centric alternative to the WWE, and it's basically the same exact thing as you know TNA, WCW, all that stuff. So, <laughs> but guess what? We're still going to World's End, though. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I laughed. I, I was so mad. I watched. I wasted two hours of my life watching that awful Dynamite episode on Wednesday, and then the next morning, I'm like, ah, well, here you go. Here's one hundred twenty dollars. I'm, I'm getting my World's End ticket. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I'm a sucker. You know. Uh, it, it, it was just two mind-boggling decisions with Big Show returning to wrestle again, which he looks terrible, and then the Ric Flair signing. I, I just don't understand it. But nonetheless, we're still going to go to World's End, and we're still going to have a great time. Oh, yeah. The show will be great. We know that. All right, Ryan. That's it, bro. We covered everything we needed to cover. I want to say next week we'll do an episode with Leo, maybe, and then we'll figure out when. Listen, because we're in November already, so you know what happens in December? That's the Luchis, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're back. All right, Ryan. Give me your plugs, man. All right. Um, at Lucha Outsiders on the X Twitter machine. Uh, listen, I've been very quiet on there. I really just uh, don't have much tweeting in me uh, or Xing in me, whatever we call it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, give it a follow if you haven't already. All right. You can follow me at Rated R since 87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I also have been a tad bit quiet on the Instagram. I'm trying to just find emotion again to just start posting more often. I did post yesterday and then I posted earlier this week when I bought the tickets for World's End. But um, yeah, I need to get back in a routine of just posting again and just finding some stuff 
that's worth posting too because I don't want to post just for the sake of posting. But um, that's about it. I'm not going to tell you where you can find the show because if you're listening to this right now, that means you know where to find it. So for the old man Leo that's not here for our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar and safe to sweet. Goodbye. And good night.